0: everyone, it's Kathy Ostrich, your host for today's episode of the Her Influence Podcast. And this is part of a series called True Conversations. These are conversations where we have women from across the nation in the room, and we're having conversations, strategies for navigating the new now. And today I'm just so excited to welcome our guest, you know her, she's been on our podcast before, Helen Burns, and she's going to be talking to us about strategies in the home, love and marriage in a time of COVID-19, but extends much beyond um, just the marriage relationship. It's really how you treat people in this day and age when it's a pressure cooker, Helen Burns is passionate about seeing people realize their full potential as a gift to the world. And along with her husband, John, she co-pastored Relate Church, a thriving family church in the Vancouver area. She travels globally teaching on marriage, family, and relationships, and she's a co host of the TV show Love, Sex, and Relationships. And so I'm just so um, glad that you are leaning into this podcast today. Get ready to take some notes because you're going to get more wisdom than you probably bargained for from Gold Helen Burns' heart and her head. She has been married for well over 40 years. And so She has a wealth of wisdom to bring to each of us and she delivers it with grace and she delivers it with truth. So be ready. She's not going to skirt around certain issues um, that you might have about how you actually keep the love going when times are so stressful. So so excited to have you part of this podcast today.
1: want you to lean in and we'll catch you on the other side. Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices bold words and whole hearts the her influence podcast is created on behalf of gather women by women in canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted we are grateful for our sponsor partnership for season three Horizon College and Seminary, a center of learning dedicated to prepare leaders for Christian life and ministry, located in Saskatoon. Horizon is launching two amazing initiatives in fall of 2020. A Master of Arts in Ministry Leadership, a program that equips both seasoned and aspiring leaders by combining theological studies, leadership training, and hands-on learning. And in partnership with Sisterhood YXE and LEAD Women, a women's cohort designed to provide women with a graduate education in ministry leadership that empowers them to bring transformational change to their churches, communities, and world with full or part-time and geographical flexibility. Find out more at horizon.edu. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say.
0: I have the opportunity and the privilege to introduce beautiful Helen Burns, who is at the top of my screen there, and she could probably be talk talk about a million different things, and we'd all lean in and take pages of notes. But one thing I know she's really good at and knows a lot about is um, marriage and family, healthy relationships, because her and her husband actually two. tour the globe talking about uh, sex, love, and relationships. So there it is. I said the three-letter word. Uh oh. And you know, does that uh-oh. feel good,
2: Kathy? Does that, that feel good? good?
0: I said it. <laughs> and I have a funny. You know, these memes are going around everywhere, and somebody sent me one where the husband is saying, "Gee, my my wife is really getting into gardening in these days of the pandemic." And you look outside, and she's kind of digging a grave because, like, she's had enough. <laughs> she's had enough alone time with her man, and so it's not just that, but you know, how do we live together? In Healthy relationships, and John and Helen Burns uh, founded. Um, it wasn't always called Relate Church; it was called Victory Christian Center. Center. Christian yep. Center um, in BC, and they've been pastoring for thirty-four I mean, years. Thirty-four yeah. years, mm-hmm. and just recently, they made the bold move to step into a new season, sort of like this emeritus season of ministry. And I think that you've been on a plane somewhere in the world more than you've been home since you passed on very bravely um, uh, the the reins of leadership and pastoring of the church to their daughter, Angela Dole, who's pastoring now. And so I feel like your ministry is just really getting started (laughs) for the next season, whatever that is. And so it's just an honor. Helen has had her hand up for the Women of Canada forever. Uh, before I knew her, when we met and she, we found each other, it was a God thing, really overseeing what was going on on the internet. And immediately she was just saying, I've had my hand up for the women of this nation. I've had my hand up for Canada. And so she's really gold and you'll just want to lean into what she has to say to us today. And then we're going to have a conversation with her. We're going to ask her some questions, but really she's bringing us her story and talking a little bit about love and marriage in this season of COVID-19. So Helen, can I pass that over to you and just start speaking? And I'll jump in if I need, but we're just all ears to hear what you have to say to us today.
2: Yeah, I'd love to get questions for you. Some of you may have questions as well. I am so honored to be here. I, um, you know, it just hit me as you said that, Kathy, that we met over the internet. And I think how interesting that these days in the time of COVID, that um, the internet is a legitimate source of building community and building relationships, which if you had asked me that 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have actually believed it. But I know that to be true today. And, uh, you know, we're, we're learning a lot. And so welcome to my kitchen. Literally, the lighting is the best here. So I keep coming back to my kitchen. And then I'm like, I do have other beautiful spaces. But it's just, yeah. So you're, you're not in my living room. Well, you kind of are, but you're in my kitchen. So lovely to chat with you. I, um, it's been interesting uh, during this season how many phone calls or texts or questions we've had, like, how do we survive? Pastors are reaching out and saying, there's a lot of stress in marriages right now and families right now. I mean, there's a lot of stress globally everywhere. Uh, you know, We're all looking at our, our future and going, what exactly will it look like? None of us know. And so you want to prepare, and yet how do you prepare? Like you said, the, you know, from January to March, I flew about 80,000 miles, and then it was grounded to an absolute halt. It's like, and now we don't know when we'll leave Canada. We may be here for the next 18 months to 24 months, very likely, where we're not going anywhere else. So our world looks very different. We're all in transition. But it's... Um, I think we're learning how to lean into God and God, what are you doing rather than what do I want to do or what feels like predictable for me. So uh, it's, it's an interesting season, but, you know, nothing surprises God. He's been there leading us from the very beginning and he will continue to lead us. And so I'm excited about that. But when it comes to marriage and family, I think right now, and we're all in different seasons, if I look across, I don't know everyone's story, but lovely to meet you here. Um, I All I have underfoot is my husband, John, <laughs> and we have a pretty big house, so we can get lots of space, and we live on the ocean, and we can go out for a walk, and uh, it's not that hard, but then I have people close in my world who suddenly are doing their job at home, they have little underfoot that, that need uh, to be taken care of, or they're homeschooling. And that was just never, on. Um, they never planned to do that. And so there's a lot of um, pressure. There's a lot that right now is happening in people's lives that is, they're recognizing, I think that this season of COVID, um, it's a pressure cooker. And a pressure cooker will either make you explode or tenderize you, I think. So I, I've always been afraid of pressure cookers. We have one, but I have yet to open the lid on it because I'm scared of it. I don't know why, but um, I make my husband do it. And it, yes, it always tenderizes uh, whatever is in there. However, first, it creates a lot of heat and pressure. And I think we're all feeling that. And I think the, what John and I have learned and so many people in our world have learned is um, it's a revealer. Crisis uh, is a bit of a revealer. It is. Uh, it it shows what's going on and what we need to deal with. It's what what is going on in me, and I feel like so many people are learning an awful lot about themselves right now. It's a time of uh, God. What is that? I talked to someone the other day, and I said, you know, one of my all-time favorite scriptures is in Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty-three, which says, "Pay attention to your heart, because it affects everything you do." So suddenly it's like a lot of looking at my heart and encouraging people to look at their own hearts. If their relationship feels, um, very challenged right now <clears throat> what is going on what is it that is uh, showing up and manifesting you know my husband before he was a pastor was a dentist and I b- back in the day when he did a lot of work with the lab as well and I can still remember him having that pure goal that seemed pure and then putting it under heat and would watch the little flecks of dross come to the surface that you would take away before you molded the tooth um, that was going to go in that person's mouth so you know it it again gold is beautiful but it needs to be refined as well so in this time what is showing up that maybe surprises you and for me and for many people they found out really great things um, about their marriage about their family they found so many wins in this season and I would encourage people to look for the wins not just what's wrong because everything's very heightened right now so it's easy to just see what's wrong but i think this is a great time and opportunity to take a look at what is working um it's a great time to work on your communication i mean i haven't john and i I think about our budget for how much we would go out because we were always away somewhere. And now I'm at home cooking every single day with my husband and uh, we're, we're spending a lot of time communicating, but families are coming back to the table and, and, and many had lost the art of the table. I'm such a proponent for the table. And so I, I've always like, that was one thing, even back in the day when our lives got very busy in ministry, I recognized that that was something I'd lost. It was a value in the home that I grew up in and the way my mom was raised and my parents were raised and the way I was raised was the gathering at the table. And so when our lives began to get very involved in ministry and our children were out everywhere, the table became hard um, to really gather at. And there was a day that John and I decided we're going to figure out how to do this. There's no way that we're going to give up the family and the table. That didn't mean we did it every night, but we had certain times that were out absolutely absolutely delegated for spending time and learning how to communicate at the table and not just thinking, I don't have time for that. The Bible teaches us in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And so I want God to build my house. And I feel like in this season of COVID, you can learn strategically how to build your house. You may be on today I'm not sure you may not be married and you think well how does that apply to me well I think the principles apply to each and every one of us whether we're married whether we're parenting whether we're um you know whatever season of life you're in there is still something we steward that I would call my home and my home is important to me and the atmosphere of my home is important to me so right now I feel like let's do this let's let's figure out how to make it work and then um take a look at the things. Like I have found, I've encouraged people, if something's flaring up consistently in your marriage right now or in your family, get alone long enough, still enough, long enough, and ask God, what is that? What is that? I understand it's tense, but if it's, uh, and there may be seasons of it uh, or moments of it, but if it is a ongoing Problem that keeps surfacing. Have the courage to look at it and say, "What is that?" You know, um, pay attention to your heart. If there's a unforgiveness, if there's resentment, if you feel like I'm doing more than anybody else, and why doesn't somebody know how hard this is for me too? And we feel so often we just got to keep going, keep going. Well, pay attention to that and learn how to ask for what we need rather than complaining. Won't ever get us anywhere. Have you figured that out? I could complain my face off to my husband. He doesn't hear me, but if I ask for what I need and learn to really pay attention to what I need, he hears me. Like, what can I do about that? It's easy to find a problem, and John and I have a rule in this season. We've always had this rule, well, for quite a while, because John and I, our story is we came back from a pretty broken marriage, so for the last... 40 years we've been working on building our marriage But 40 years ago it was shattered and broken and it wasn't because of unfaithfulness or abuse it was just really didn't know how to build a healthy marriage but we have a rule now that is never complain about what you permit um so if you're constantly complaining or constantly hurting or constantly mad about something, don't keep permitting that behavior. Take, take control of it and learn how to ask for what you need or what you want. And uh, that might feel really hard to do in this season, but I think we could get creative and, and think about what is it that I need right now. And our rule is also um, don't come to me with a problem until you have invested time and sometimes a lot of prayer into what is it you want? What do you want? It's easy to say, I hate this. I don't like when you do that. And, and you're bothering me, but what do you want? Like even children, if you give them, give them a plan or give them thoughts of this is what I need, or um, this is what I'd like to ask of you. And I think asking for what we need or want um, works a whole lot better than just being constantly irritated about what we don't have, and so in this time, I believe we have. I'm I'm such a advocate for memories too. I'm I mean, my favorite movie of all time is uh, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Tradition. I mean, I love it. I could watch it every month. I w- could watch it over and over again. And anything that kind of tells that kind of a story. But what I love about it is the that. Traditions, and when I say traditions, it's not just legalistic traditions, but values that shape the culture of your home, values that shape the culture of your family, values that shape the culture of your marriage, Um, your friendships, your church, all of those come into that. But what they are, they become like, um, like markers or memory makers that i think are so critical to take us forward and i think of w- one of the things we have in our our home is a i asked my children and my grandchildren to create it and write it and it's the manifesto of the burns family and if you read it it's pretty beautiful it's it's they wrote it um, because i knew we had a culture but when they wrote what they valued and of course the grandchildren's language is very different than my children's language but all of it is about we love each other. We value together. There's no question if you read it, we have a lot of fun. Um, The accordion, my husband's an accordion player and he gets, you know, it gets two mentions, nothing else in it does, but all of that, that speaks to the fun that we have together, but it's, it's creating memories. And I feel like right now, like I, our grandchildren snuck over yesterday my daughter, she's like, I just had to get out of my house. And so she took her, her children and they came over here. We socially distanced. I know we kind of broke the law, but we did everything exactly right. But, um, they come into this space and, and uh, they love this space. They feel valued in this space. And one of my grandsons is like, Can I just stay here for the next three weeks? Um, and I love that because what he's saying is, I love being here. I feel valued here. I feel cherished here. And he knows we have, we've done everything we can to create a space where our grandkids love to come <laughs> and do things with them that create memories. And so I feel like right now, let's put down some beautiful memories and create. And I looked at them and I thought, you're going to tell the story one day. I looked at my daughter, Ashley, and I looked at Grace and Jack and John and I are sitting on the deck outside together. And I thought, we're all going to talk about this time in history together one day. And you're going to tell your grandchildren you were alive in the time of COVID and the stories that you'll tell. And but I realize we have an opportunity to make memories in the middle of it rather than just endure it. We actually can thrive in the middle of it. Yeah. Any questions you might have thoughts that I'm happy to.
0: Wow. I've written down so many things already. I think just putting yourself in a position of, um, Choosing your responses rather than just complaining. Um, We were talking this morning, I was in another group, how we say things because we're so stressed. But for me, I can just give a look and everybody in the home knows exactly how I'm feeling. But if you have this manifesto where you choose in advance how you're going to behave, it can carry you through a stressful time
2: Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I've thought about it often. Um, you know, back in the early days, my children now are 44, 43 and 40. I don't even know how I got this old, but that's their ages. And I have granddaughter that's 24 for heaven's sakes. And, and, uh, I I look at it, but the, one of the things many, many years ago, I made a decision. I want to be the loudest voice in their hearts. Not, you know, not with the, I want to be that I I'm competing for it. But, but when I think when my, I want when my husband thinks of me or my children think of me or my grandchildren, that they're the, the emotion that they feel is she was for me. She loved me. She didn't pick me apart. And I mean, there are conversations that have to happen that are not easy. I mean, gosh, John and I are champion. Uh, figure it out. This is not fun right now. We, ha- we have lots of intense conversations. Not going to lie about it, but we're good at them. We're not afraid of them. It used to be fragile. It used to be tentative, but we've built such a trust that he knows if there's something I'm coming to him with, or he's coming to me with, he's for me. And I I feel like we we need to really fight to create that space. I don't want my husband to walk in the house and have a, what did I do wrong now? Um, Or, you know, my grandchildren or children to you know, or people at, at the office, whatever. And I have a look. We all have, I, I don't know, maybe everybody else is saintly. Just you and me, Kathy, have the, have the look. But, but we do. And, and it's like, I'm displeased. And so I, I, I've had to very strongly discipline myself to not be that wife or that mom or that friend or that, that employee at, at Relate, you know, worker at Relate. I don't want to be that one. You know, it's funny, like sometimes I noticed if people walked into Relate Church and the staff say is there and something happened and there's a mess somewhere or wherever, they don't look at the mess. They look at me and think, oh my gosh, what's Helen going to think? I hated that when I found that out because I'm a bit of an anal. I notice other Mennonite names on here. Like I think it comes with being Mennonite. I don't know <laughs> that you value cleanliness as next to godliness. But if that, if that is giving off a vibe of, it's never enough. It can never have the house clean enough. I can never have, do everything well enough. I, I had to rein it in. I just had to smarten up. I, I'm, I, I'm, and to, to be honest, I'm still working on it. I'm a bit OCD.
0: So do you feel like we're giving ourselves too much grace in this time to say, well, understandably under the circumstances, I can let that sort of discipline tongue go. And, you know, and what if you have, so I have two questions and then I'll open it up. But what if you have, What if you're in the house with somebody who is shutting down, like emotionally shutting down and you even have this positive framework, but it's just like, so yeah.
2: Yeah. There is no question. The whole aspect even of mental health is so ramped up right now that, I mean, I know someone quite well. She's beautiful. And um, she said she's had several panic attacks in the past But she said in the last month, I've had many and she's just, and she's a strong girl, but all of a sudden she's just not coping well. And so I'm so not going to deny the fact that this is a real thing or you have someone in your home that is, is just, it's crushing them. So there, I do, I think we need to have mountains of grace. But in the middle of it, and that's what I think works so powerfully, it's it's marrying truth and grace together. It's like, I'm going to talk the truth because I love you so much. But there's going to be so much grace to meet you there as well. And so I think it's not denying and just think, oh, it's going to be all better, you know, as soon as they open up the borders or as soon as we can send the kids back to school. I, I don't think we should take that approach. I think we should work with what is apparent right now. And so if you are in a household where it's intense, couple of things, learn how to talk about it. And even for, as I say that for some people, I know that is almost impossible because there may be tempers, there may be all kinds of things, fear, uh, just financial stress. It's all there. Ah, There's so many things, but I think if you can have the courage to talk about it. And I think for a lot of people, like I've had a number of people reach out to me and say, can you recommend a counselor? can you suggest somebody because a lot of great counseling services are online as well as well right now and so I that has been a reality as well that if you need help and and this will obviously things will flare up right now then there is no shame only applause for asking for help if you need prayer I mean I have reached out and I have also had people reach out to me and say can we talk and I meet up with you and um, it's virtually right now however we are praying for each other we're reaching out but I don't look at people and think you're weak because you need help and you should get over it no thank you for reaching out let's work on this together and I've never felt a greater need to check in on people there even this morning I thought after I'm I'm speaking with you there's several people I need to reach out to because the Holy spirit just put them on my heart. I, I need to see if they're okay. Um, so and do that with your children and do that. I think these are times for important conversations or with your spouse. Don't assume they're okay. I've had to do that with John. I'm a little bit of a, um, get on with it. Don't talk about how you feel. Make sure everybody else is okay, but I'm not really good at letting somebody know what I need. And so I've had to learn how to say, I'm not doing great today. I'll be okay. But I, I, I can, you, can we talk? And uh, I'm never comfortable with it because I feel weak. I feel like I ah, should be able to just shake it off and get on with it. But I, but I need help. We all do. We're, it's our humanity. So I think having those people in your life, and it may not be your spouse right now. It may be a friend, it may be a mentor, somebody that you can reach out to, but don't just tough it out. Um, get the help. So grace and truth and asking for help is a sign of strength, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: so good.
3: And I'm, I'm going to interject, Kathy, if it's okay, just because there's a question that relates sort of specific to this. Just, you know, if you have a, a spouse that is under a tremendous amount of stress, Um, and you want to honor them and support them, but then that makes you feel like you don't want to burden them with what you're going through. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned there, maybe, maybe your spouse isn't that person in this moment, but just any, any words speaking into that you have things that need to be sort of shared, but you recognize that the person you're living with is already under so much. Yeah. Brilliant.
2: Brilliant question. I believe, like, my closest friend, there's no question, is John. He is my ally. He is my partner, but he is not the only person I talk to. I just have more. I've built friendships, and it's a bit risky sometimes, but I have people that I would go to, and there's not a lot of them, but I have people that I would reach out to and and just say, Can I talk to you about this? You want it to be a safe person because you want to protect your husband as well. And it's not like, but if you have safe people, Um, and we should, then I think that's the person that you reach out to. And I have them, I have them there. Like sometimes like leading a church, I mean, you know, he's pastored it. He's everybody that my closest friend's boss or whatever. I need to have somebody who lives in another city and who doesn't come to my church that I can, that I can talk to. And I have them. And John is grateful that I have them. And he has those people too. I think we need them. Um, and and then I think another part of that question is one thing I've learned to to ask, is there something I can help you with? Is there something that I could do that would take some pressure off of you? I mean, every one of us have to care. You know, I think about, I was with my children when, when they gave birth and I looked at them and I thought they have, to, they have to do the work. They're going to get through this. But is there something I can do to assist them? They're going to have to do it. But what can I do to make what you're going through right now, a little easier, you know, and I think getting, letting them know I'm here with you, praying your face off and, um, and asking them, is there something that I could do? But if you need an outlet, I think it's healthy to have the right person to talk to. And I have them no shame there. I think it's helped me survive. And John and I have been very grateful for those healthy ears and, and hearts in our world.
0: That's really good. I know when we had Emma Richardson on uh, last week, she was just saying the same, like, don't hesitate to reach out and get the help that you need. Right. right. And, you know, I think you said, like, we don't want to just get through this. There's something good for us in this time, if we can choose it. Mm -hmm. But huge stress, huge stress, for sure. And one of the values that
2: are, I I, I mentioned this when I talked about our manifesto, but it's one thing that I just decided because we've walked as a family, um, we have just walked through a lot of hard places. We have over the years, over many years, we've been married for 45 years. It'll be 46 years next month. Gosh, how does that happen? But we value laughter, like we value it and And so sometimes, when we feel like, "How can we laugh right now, or "How can we find joy?" Um, how can we do something that doesn't feel heavy we're very intentional about intentional about creating spaces for for laughter for joy and and Sometimes that takes creativity. What is it in your family that will do that and i've pushed it sometimes I've felt like all right, nobody feels like it, maybe, but it's actually important so i you know create the element of surprise or create you know i mean I think of things like you know not i mean never have gone through this, but I thought of things sometimes when we're heavy like i'm just gonna plan an evening and a party and it, and set the table gloriously and my children and my husband are like, who's coming home for, who's coming over? And I'm like, you. And and rather than always put the special moments and fun moments um, where somebody else is involved, that actually very intentionally bring that into the space where you live.
0: Yeah, so good. <clears throat> Rebecca, do we have any questions or... Do you, any of you have some questions for Helen? She knows, I mean, we haven't talked about sex yet, but we yeah. Hello. We have, we have
3: a question. We do have a question about that. I was just waiting to see if they wanted. Oh,
2: well, to there we go. go. Kathy, you said sex twice now. And I'm
4: back. Well, done. <laughs> well I'm go. Southern and I'm and the one with the question.
0: Awesome.
4: Um, um, So my question is, in the midst of like full houses, um, where and how do you protect and foster intimacy um, with your spouse? Like we're a homeschool family, so we're used to being creative, (laughs) you know, like nap time, stop sign on the door, like that works with toddlers. And that works with kind of elementary people, but then you get teenagers and we used to bank on them going to youth night or out with their friends or, right. right? And now all this is here. And so if your spouse is like, not only just like uh, quality time and touch and like that sort of stuff, but just that God created us to be intimate. And so how do you, what kind of suggestions or yeah, do you have for that
2: now? (laughs) That's awesome, Stacey. I do think, wow, we need to get more creative than ever. Um, So uh, you already talked about the stop sign on the door. I never did that, but I sure had a good lock. And sometimes you feel like you're just sneaking away, because now I've just said if you ever needed a lock on your door, make sure you have one right now, because your children are there constantly. But I think it's just a little bit of of planning and getting creative, and it it I think yeah, it, and depending on what your house looks like and the the, the you know the layout, whatever, it gets a little trickier. And you're right with teenagers. I think back on my parents and it was like, later on, it was like a little bit of, I get it. I know what they were doing in the middle of it. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's my parents in there. Um, And, but I think uh, you just have to figure it out. It's not easy. You're right. You used to send them to youth group and uh, (laughs) call your church and say, can you have youth group online? I know we have some of that happening, but, uh, (laughs) and put, you know, ramp up the speakers, but I just think you have to figure out how to do it um, in a creative way. Uh, Make a date for it if necessary. I think now spontaneity is not going to, as much as it seems like it should be so much easier spontaneously, I don't think it is. I think you have to get creative and make like a secret date somehow um, and and have a plan in place. And But I think planning it is a lot of fun and and and, and kind of this little I don't know, maybe it feels a little teenagey, you know, going back to not teenage, that's the wrong, but early dates of, early days of marriage and, and, uh, but yeah, I think you have to get creative and I don't have, because I I don't know everybody's home set up, but I know for my parents and I know I probably learned it from them, a good lock was one of the most important things as much as they think they need in there. No, they don't. should have been in place anyhow beforehand. I think I've always been a a fan of a good, healthy lock.
4: I think that's great.
3: Sorry, go ahead.
4: Well, I was just saying like, yeah, lock is is great. And the planning thing, I think that's um, where I was leaning. And so just to have some re some affirmation that it's it's. Now is the time. Spontaneity doesn't exist right now.
2: No, it doesn't. Okay. Even though everything does feel out of control and is from moment to moment, and it kind of is. And what I would suggest too, if I was going to give you a prescription, is one time you plan the date and next time he plans the date, which also brings that, you know, a fun kind of planning element to it. Don't put all the pressure on one or the other. And, and one person always have to be the initiator, I think. Take responsibility for the healthy... Um, just growth of your sexual relationship, even in the yeah. time of COVID.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And that takes away that sense of obligation that, where you're both. Yeah. That yeah. pressure. And yeah.
2: John would say, it's never true, but he used to tell people that, you know, if you have a backyard with grass in it, buy a lot of green jelly beans and send your kids out there for about a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> To go and find jelly beans and have a
3: treat in the green. I may have sent jelly.
4: them on an essential grocery run the other day. Just say
3: girl. Good <laughs> girl. So we had a, a question sort of that's attached to that in the comments. Did you want to ask it? You didn't think it was a Jacqueline, do you want to ask your question or do you want me to ask it?
1: Oh, I could. Um thanks, Rebecca. Um, I was referring It can work for the sex too. (laughs) But I was referring to the moment where Helen talked about like setting the table and doing being intentional about interrupting um, the flow to create moments of joy Mm -hmm. um, and laughter. And I was saying, when you're as a woman feeling like um, this is part of my building my home, but when you don't feel like it, the question was. How do you push past how you're feeling?
3: Oh, I thought you were talking about sex.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that could relate too.
2: (laughs) I think life is a constant push past what you're feeling. I feel like that I just, I don't know, I guess I've lived long enough to realize there's a lot of things I don't feel like doing. A lot of things that for me, haven't come naturally or, you know, and I've had to learn to not do what's easy or comfortable, but to do what's the right thing. And in this situation, what is the best plan? What is the best, you know, I always use this word, love is a heart that moves when you love someone, I mean, I just go ahead later and and read first Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through 10. I think it is, um, in the message, not message in the passion translation. It's absolutely beautiful. I feel like it just is highlight bing, 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 you know, like it's all the words, what does love look like? And, and it, you know, it says love never fails. It really doesn't. But even the language around what love is expressed, like in the passion translation, just it's a bit mind blowing for me. It's beautiful. It's poetic, but it's strong, but it's doing whatever it takes to move toward the situation. When you love someone, um, even if you're not liking them right now, been there, done that a lot, and sometimes I sure haven't been likable. But it's doing what is the right thing, moving your heart towards someone in a heart that is touched by God, and and uh, will always move towards people. Which brings me to this this thought: you've gotta you've gotta get yourself filled up. You have to. If you are running on empty, you will not have a reservoir to draw from. To minister to your husband or your friends or your children, or you've got to take, if we ever needed self-care, it's right now, but I don't mean self-care is like, you know, just, I mean, everybody knows what it is, but it's not a selfishness. It's an, it's a necessity that actually fills you up so that you can pour out you, if you're living on empty. And I feel like the first few weeks of this season, I, I don't know about everybody else, although I felt the language was pretty similar was, it was not, and I say this carefully, it's not a novelty, because people are dying, and people are sick, and, in that, but I mean, the schedule was a bit, uh, you know, it was, we're learning, and it was like, ah, you know, I, I haven't, you know, put a bra on for three weeks, or I don't know, whatever, but, um, or we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And then it was almost like I felt like we had Easter. And this, I know we lead in church, so that's a very relevant moment. But it was almost now, okay, where are we going to move forward? Like, what are we going to do now? And I began to realize things like schedules and um, not just a schedule, but a routine. That's the word I'm looking for. Has has become very important. Um, if you're at home with ho- and homeschooling, if, it, if it's in still getting your job done, if you're working from home, whatever that looks like, I think routines have become very, very important. Just something that is predictable and knowable on a daily basis in a very unknowable and unpredictable time. We can create some of that in our world right now. And I think that we need to do that in our marriages and fa- in, our, in our home environment and yeah at first everything was such a moving target we didn't know what was going to be happening and now we're kind of getting a sense of what it may look like in the future so between now and then um what are we doing that are just really healthy things that where we take care of ourselves but also lean into the needs of others as well that's a very big answer for a simple question but that's my thought
0: yeah so good i i was just thinking about um people that are showing up, you know, on social media and really venting their emotions. So obviously it's a time when emotions are really guiding a lot of us. And so to say that, don't let them guide you, you know, do, do what you know to do is right. And, you know, deal with them, but not let them be, um, the guiding force, right. They're they're kind of overwhelming right now. And I think uh, that the propensity for so many of us to make rash decisions yeah. or to say things we don't wouldn't normally say, or to create a lot of, you know, drama and tension that is going to have sort of um, collateral damage. Yeah. If We are on the side of this. What is, what will have happened in our homes that we've allowed or created because we think, you know we let our emotions guide us
2: and that is the the challenge of crisis and this is the, the the truth the entire world is in a crisis right now i mean john and i have been through crises in the past or you know our children have been through crisis and we've been able to to deal with it but now it's it wasn't just my crisis or their crisis it is a global crisis and so making choices right now. And I mean, if I've ever wanted to encourage people to reign and think before you speak, put yourself in their shoes, um, listen to them before you, and you need to be heard too. But I just think now is a time more than ever that our words are very weighty. And I would, uh, it's easier said than done, but I think just the wisdom of speaking, saying the right thing, uh, you know, a word fitly spoken Proverbs talks about, are like apples of gold and setting of silver. If we ever wanted to have a, a fit word, the right word it's now, and we might have to search a little harder for them, but it's never been more important in, in my, in my thoughts, because everyone's struggling. It's everyone's going through something. So, and it looks different for, you know, I know someone, we're going to, just right after this, we're going on a Zoom call with um, great people in, in um, England and our driver who was there, beautiful young family, um, he died. Um, young, fit, father, makes no sense in the natural other than these are crazy times. And so I look at what her name is, Helen, as well, what she's going through is way different than what I'm going through. Um, but still globally, everyone's dealing with a lot of heavy stuff right now. So what choices, there are some things we can very, be very disciplined about right now. And one of them is how we communicate. I think constantly put yourself in somebody else's shoes. What's it like to be a child right now? Your daughter, your son, what's it like to be, uh, Your husband who maybe is out of work right now and doesn't know how he's going to pay the bills. What is it like? And have the conversations that may be hard, but put yourself in their shoes rather than just have pat answers or a get over it attitude. We have to fight hard to get on with it. But I think to have tender hearts and loads of grace, I just think grace, 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 grace. In this season, and I don't think we'll ever regret taking the high road and making some hard decisions, but the right decisions. I, I know they'll get us where we want to go eventually. We'll get out of this moment. We're not staying here forever. But who will we be on the other side of it is a very important question. What will our marriage look like? What will our family look like? And I'm, I'm believing that we'll be stronger than ever. That we'll deal with the hard places, we'll deal with the challenges, but we will be stronger
3: than ever. So good, thank you. Um, just we want to make sure that we're wrapping up fairly on time, but I think Jody has one last question. Okay. Jody, am I correct? You've got your hand, your little hand raised there. Uh, she, what her? Actually, she managed to type it. So, so just in. Pre- hopefully, she'll jump back on. But her question was, what about addictions? What about people who are at home? with With people who are struggling, in this case, she said that her husband is drinking and and she made that a public comment, so I feel comfortable. um here she is. Yeah, Hi,
2: Jody. Um, wow, that is definitely a very prominent question right now. I think that like I said, crisis is a revealer, and I think like just the amount of alcohol and drugs being consumed, gambling addiction, pornography. So many addictions are ramped up at a whole different level. And so, again, I know that by just confronting it head on, constantly, constantly, it doesn't seem to change things. But I think it, it's huge. And I know there's help available. I, I don't have that, that information readily available, but people you can talk to that will help guide you that is very specific to this time. And uh, I don't know, maybe I can find it, we can post it, but I have seen a lot of um, resources available. I feel like that, that's the good thing right now. Um, there's a lot of people that are available to help in this very specific time around that very specific um, question. It's not easy, and I, I, but I know there's help available. Yeah.
0: And we'd love to pray for anybody too. Uh, We have prayer at gatherwomen.com or gatherwomen.com because I think we are finding each other in in ways that we wouldn't have found each other before this time. And if there's somebody even on this call that you've connected with that, you know, could be a divine connection for you. But I always think of that word appropriate, you know, what's appropriate for me. And if you, if you are in a in a home where there's not enough personal boundaries, appropriate boundaries, you know, do you have the the right to create those? And I, I think you do. If you can, you know, whatever is appropriate for your situation. If you feel that, to, for you to survive or for you to be healthy, you know, whether it's <laughs> I don't know, putting a lock on the door, but just carving out your space and saying, you know, look kids, look, look hubby, you know, I need this thirty minutes to myself. I'm going to go do this or You know, what's appropriate for you to be able to be the healthiest in that situation? And I think that comparative thing too, just don't look at somebody who's got all the space and, you know, the husband making meals every night and the kids being totally compliant and saying, you know, I wish that was my case because they could have be dealing with their own stuff. But for you in this situation, I think that the call that Helen has given us is to rise to something. That the whole culture is is giving themselves like uh, sort of like, "Oh, I don't need to i can I can kind of lower myself into giving myself so much grace that you know it's just the season where we all get to you know have total freedom and not be responsible for our emotion or choices, but Helen is just saying, Look, girls." <laughs> we have a responsibility because there will be another side of this and what we'll have created. Now we're going to be, we're going to be taking with us. We're not going to be leaving behind. So I love, I think for me, my takeaway is crisis is a revealer Mm -hmm. and that's so that's sobering. And I feel the weight of it, but I'm not feeling it like a stress. I'm feeling it like that's motivate. That's going to motivate me. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And why not you know why not rise to something that would define us in this season as different than the rest of the world because I yeah. think we 're all going to have something to offer we 're going to have something to offer to a neighbor to a friend yeah. um, you know we 're going to be those voices of not only I survived this but i i you know i 'm not one of those statistics that my family fell, fell apart in the middle of it, even though I think some of the days are so hard that we feel like yeah. that's going to happen,
2: but and that's the beauty of right now. Um, I feel like it's such a loud message that God gave us: is uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough troubles of its own. Take care of today. There's my cute husband in the fridge behind me. <laughs> He's waiting because we need to go. But I, I, um, I think that this is where we get to just deal with today. Cause we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do have the opportunity today to build the future that we, that we hope for. I, I have know. loved being with you and I apologize. Yeah. It's like trying to make it all work, but, uh, I love you. Stay strong girls. Yeah. And, uh, I'm grateful for this space. I love what you're doing. I love that we get to meet up. I love that Canada's connecting here. And I'm going to read through all of the, uh, the chat later because uh, I know it's gold in there. And I don't know how to read and, and chat and talk at the same time, but uh, I'll look forward to it. But I've loved having this opportunity and I bless you. Keep up the great work. Kathy, you're, you're doing great and your beautiful team of interns are leading us so well. Yeah.
0: Too. Well, we love you. Thank you for your wisdom. I mean, Thank I'm coming you. away with so much myself right now. And um, we just bless you in your Thank space you. there. And uh, we'll see you at true conference. I'll be there. I'm so, excited. Yeah. I love it. I yeah.
4: You. Okay. All right. Bless Bye. you.
0: Love Bye. you. Bye-bye. Well, I'm sure you'll agree with me that Helen Burns delivered the goods straight out of the starting gate. The coronavirus pandemic is a pressure cooker, which will do one of two things, tenderize you or make you explode. And that truth hit me right between the eyes because I often think I only have those two choices, but she offered some really great strategies for choosing a third way, identifying the wins in your relationships, getting alone with God long enough to hear him. And this marriage rule, which is fantastic, never complain about what you permit, Take control of the behavior, ask for what you need and for what you want. And I don't know about you, but I am not really great about the asking. I want the other person to figure it out. So some really great strategies, some really great tools, not only for navigating the new now, but thinking about who you will be in the new then when we come out of this to the other side. Looking ahead to our true conference, May 22nd and 23rd, Helen will be one of our amazing speakers, along with about 25 other voices bringing truth. These are women strategically positioned all across the nation who are laboring and sowing into the soil of Canada for this day and age, and all ages and stages, uh, lots of diversity and lots of wisdom. So you're not going to want to miss that. Go to the Gather Women website to sign up. So stay uh, connected with us here at Gather, of course, through the podcast. So I host some of them. Vanessa Hoyce, my co-host, hosts some of them, as well as Caitlin Say. We are spread out across the nation. We are in different seasons of life. And so we feel that with the three of us, um, we're trying to cover all of the bases with bringing you things and words of encouragement that will help you in your day as you are in your place of influence. Thanks for joining us again
1: today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence Podcast. Download and share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Go to gatherwomen.com for show notes, resources, and events in your area. We invite you to join the movement to hear the voices of women represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations, and to see the presence of women in equal value and strength in every area of influence. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.